This is Austin Cunningham and Justin Trees coming to you once more with another episode of Talking Football. Oh man, we are already in week four of the NFL season. I feel like I say this every week. Oh man, we're week two, we're week three, and now we're week four. And football season is flying by. The month of September is already coming to an end. We're getting to the spooky part of the year in Halloween. Um, my girlfriend's favorite time of the year, but we will not be talking about that because I hate spooky shit. I don't care. I just don't like it. It's spooky. I'm not spooky. So, Thursday night, though, before we even get into this game, Tree said before we got on air, we're excited for this game. Yes, we very much are. It's finally a good Thursday night game. And my team played last weekend, and I wasn't even excited for that game. Uh, so it's two real juggernauts in the NFC, and I know that the Eagles aren't really playing like it, but I think everybody realizes how talented this Eagles team is, and they'll most likely get this shit turned around. And a lot of it's just due to injury. No D-Jax, no Alshon Jeffrey last year, or last year, last week. So that's tough for a quarterback. Uh, offensive line hasn't played as well as it should be. So uh, that's why I'm still excited for this game. Yeah, a lot to prove. The uh, I went back and watched the Packers game just before we got on air. And, oh, my God, dude, it was a snooze fest. I mean, we thought last Thursday was. Holy shit, this game was awful. Like, I couldn't have watched it live. The, the Broncos had 35 minutes. That was their time of possession. They had the ball for 35 minutes and lost. Dive, dive, dump. That was their play calling. It was ridiculous. So this week for the Packers, hopefully it'll be a little bit more of an exciting game. The Broncos, we'll get to that in a bit. I don't have anything really positive to say about them after watching last week's shit show. Um, do you want to just dive right into this game, or is there anything you want to kind of talk about before we head into it? Uh, I think we can just dive into it. I think any news will come up during these previews. We can talk about it. So let's just dive in. Yeah, sweet. Awesome. So Thursday night, the Philadelphia Eagles will be visiting the Green Bay Packers, where the Packers are favored by four. Um, before we kind of go ahead and just predict the game, let's do the prop bets, right? Is that what we've been doing? Prop bets, then game? Or do you, we were switching it? It's been, it doesn't matter, dude. It's whatever your heart desires. It's our fucking podcast. We can do whatever we want. So I'm actually going to take – I'm going to do the game first and then see if I just completely flip-flop my player prop bets just to kind of mess with myself. So initially looking at this game, I'm going to take the Packers. They are at home. They're not wearing those hideous fucking jerseys that they wore on Sunday. At least I really hope they're not because I'm tired of seeing that ugly helmet and then with the missed pattern on the jerseys. I don't understand why that was a thing, but it was and it still is. So I am taking the Packers at minus four. The reasoning is the run game for the Packers is real. Their defense is real. Treese, you've been questioning, why do they still try and go with Williams? I can tell you why. Because he's the bruiser at the end of the game. And they're saving Jones for later in the year. I know I've said that several times. But Williams is the guy where they're like, hey, we've got a lead. Let's hold it. Take the ball. Go get some hard four yards. Let's do it again. You know what? Maybe we'll throw Jones in on third down and just toss it out to him and get the first, and then we'll put you back in, and you can go run and just get in a couple of car wrecks some more. That's what the Packers are doing. And then you have Aaron Rodgers taking deep shots. He missed a couple last week. Their play calling was pretty awful in the third quarter against the Broncos. They flipped it around in the fourth quarter and just attacked them. So I am taking the Packers. The Eagles are dealing with injuries. Their secondary is not strong, 
and I'm just not I'm in that stage where I don't know how healthy you know how healthy Alshon or Djax are so I'm sticking with the Packers here at minus four okay uh just for keeping track here Austin you got another point on me on prop bets last week so you're up by three on me on the season plus three for you and then for the spread I'm plus four on you so that's where we're at on overall uh, I'm also taking the Packers here, though. Uh, all your reasons are valid. I think I, I actually kind of disagree with the running back situation, what you were just saying, because actually, besides last week, Williams has always been the third down back and Jones has been first and second down back. Uh, but they clearly are saving Jones for later on and not wanting to wear and tear on him. So I do agree with you on that point. That was actually the first game that I've watched where i was like man aaron jones just doesn't look great and it's like the first game ever every other game i've ever watched of him and i watched it basically every single game last year and he looked very solid but i agree eagles defense just is not putting up what they need to and i think this is a Devonte adams breakout game i think they finally get him going i could see him scoring two touchdowns in this game so i what's both go with the Packers there, and we can get into player prop bets. So I will let you take the Eagles ones first, and then I'll take the Packers ones first. So for the Eagles, we have Carson Wentz, 263 passing yards, over or under. I'm actually going to take the over here, and my reasoning is, is because he's going to get those fourth quarter chunk yards. Just kind of like, you know, that's been our really our go-to thing this season is those trash yards that quarterbacks get at the end of the game. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the Packers are going to be in the lead, so they're going to be in that prevent defense. But Carson Wentz is still going to find shots down the field or that, or they're just honestly going to blow up this game, and they're going to shock the Packers and win. But Carson Wentz, he's looked good so far this season. I haven't really seen too much to be worried about besides – maybe standing in the pocket too long and taking too many like hard hits. But other than that, I've been you know impressed with him coming back healthy. So I'm excited to see what he can do tomorrow or tonight for you guys listening. I'm going to take the under here. I think that the Packers defense holds him just enough. I think that it'll be dangerously close. I could see him in that 250 range, 250 to 260, which is only a couple yards under. So I will take the under. For Carson Wentz at 263. Let's go to the next one, and that is Miles Sanders over or under 49 rushing yards. I'm gonna take the over because I'm gonna say this is his breakout game, like you said for Devontae Adams. Um, last week he had somewhat of a deep defense, excuse me, a decent performance. Um, he had 13 carries for 53 yards last week. Um, his longest run was 14 yards. Eventually getting 73 on the game. Um, what in the world for receiving-wise? Excuse me, I'm reading a box score here and got confused a little bit. But he got over this last week, and I think he does the same thing this week. I think he just kind of builds on it. And then playing the Packers, not that their run defense was bad, but the Broncos ran all over them. I mean, maybe just because it's a Broncos play style, but they just ran the ball over and over and over and over. And the Eagles have had to see that. I mean, it was freaking four days ago. So they're noticing we're just going to run the ball up the middle. Miles Sanders can do it. He has the athletic ability to bounce it outside if he needs to, and he can go. Um, so I'm thinking he just runs right over this. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the over as well. I am a little worried that guys like – 
Jordan Howard are still that much involved. I think Jordan Howard actually outplayed him I, uh, by snap count uh, by one or two, but it's just worrisome that they they still have Sproles. So it's like this three-headed monster that it's sometimes when you have a three-headed monster, it's hard to consistently get over 50 yards rushing. But I will take the over. I think that I think he finally gets one of those big 30, 40-yard rushing um runs is what i'm trying to get at jesus um spread it out tommy yeah seriously i'm trying to like read and talk at the same time it's really it's going really well as you can tell (laughs) um next up zach Ertz, 61 plus plus receiving yards um i'm gonna say yes i don't think the packers really have a linebacker that can stay with them and i don't know if they have a a DB that's big enough to hold them. I mean, he led the league in receptions last year and all he has to do is just keep catching it and, you know, turn around and make a couple plays. So I think the Carson Wentz has shown his trust in him throughout the year so far. And why not keep building upon it here against the Packers? Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I'm also going to take the over 61 receiving yards there. Alshon Jeffrey, 65 receiving yards. And let's do remember Deshaun Jackson is out. He is not playing. He is not. Deshaun Jackson's not playing. Yes. Okay, so let me check something here real quick because I want to see where we are at on so far on the year for Alshon before I start going, oh, yeah, I think he's going to do great, and then he doesn't. So my only concern here is the last game he played was against Washington, five receptions for 49 yards. No, I just, I don't, especially missing last week. They needed him last week. He went out. He, what, played one down, or did he play it all last week? He didn't play it. He he didn't play it all. It was the week before that he didn't play much. Against the Falcons? Yeah. Okay, excuse me. So, you missed last week. You come in this week. It's hard to just all of a sudden just, boom, shoot over 65, unless there's a big play. I mean, Unless it's something like that at the end of the game, then maybe you can see it happening. Carson Wentz goes deep for it. But right now, I'm going to take the under. So I just don't see it coming off, you know, missing two games entirely. Just it ain't going to happen against the Packers. Their secondary, their secondary is good. Like we got to give props to the secondary that the Packers have built. Absolutely. And that's what I was just about to do is I think Jair Alexander shuts him down a little bit. Uh, And when they try to go to the other side, you'll have King on the other side that is a little inconsistent at times, but I think his big body will be able to kind of slow down Jeffrey and what he likes to do on using his size. Uh, But, and even though Alexander is a little bit smaller, he's just so good. He's really one of the most underrated cornerbacks in the NFL. So I will also take the under there. So in those four, the only one we are different on is Carson Wentz. You went the over on passing yards. I went the under. Mm-hmm. All right. We will move over to the Packers side. And the first one is Aaron Rodgers at 252 passing yards. And I'm going to take the over on this. I think that Aaron Rodgers finally gets to that uh, close to 300 mark, which they haven't really needed it this season. So that's why he hasn't. But I think that when need be, he, he can still do it and this is a game that they'll need it because I think the run defense is good and it's going to slow down Aaron Jones and uh, Jamal Williams. So I'm actually going to take the under, um, mainly because he's only hit his highest you know, passing game was 235 last week um, or Sunday against Denver. 
But I think it was because their play calling was so poor in the third. And I'm going to sit here and talk like I'm taking the over, but I'm taking the under because I think their defense does enough to keep them in the game to where Aaron Rodgers doesn't need to do that. And like I just said, I could be very wrong. This could be the game, like you mentioned, Therese, where he comes out firing because the play calling that just played this last game was not very impressive. It was a lot of dink and dunks besides the one deep shot that happened at the very beginning of the game. Other than that, there was hardly any deep shots. So the third quarter, I think there were two or three drives in a row where he spent a majority of his throws throwing it into the ground or throwing out because there was just nobody there. Whether it was the pass rush from the Broncos or if it was just a blown play by the Packers and Aaron Rodgers was like, that's like, why, what are we doing here? And you could see it on his face of why is this happening? So I'm still sticking with the under here. I think the defense for the Packers does enough to where Aaron Rodgers doesn't need to do that. And like I said before with the running backs, I think they're fine there to where he's going to do – the load is not going to be on him again. He can just continue to stay – honestly, stay healthy for the year and just keep up his numbers. That's fair. All right, next one is Devontae Adams, 67 receiving yards. Over or under, I'm going to take the over. I already said that I think this is his breakout game. You're not going to have a breakout game with – under 75 receiving yards. That just doesn't make a lot of sense. I think that they find ways to just scheme him open against this poor Eagles defense. And a very similar to what they did week two. Like week two, it really seemed like they got Adams going. And that's when they looked very, very solid. So uh, Devontae Adams over. No question about it for me. So just quick correction. It is 76 receiving yards. You switched it to 67. So it Sorry. is. 76 thank yep. you for that yeah no problem um i'm actually going to take the over with you as well i completely agree with what you said that this is going to be a breakout game for him the Eagles secondary is not very good um they already have shown them dispersing the ball to the other receivers on the packers not that they're going to forget about adams but they're going to attack the other receivers early and all of a sudden late in the game boom there's Devonte adams boom there he is again and then there's going to be a screenplay that busts up along the sideline that he's gone for, and there's his yardage. So I'm going to stick with you on Adams going over. All right. Um, Valdez Scantling. I misspelled that. Uh, I did MVP because I'm just used to typing that. I meant S. Um, I was so confused. <laughs> you're like, who the hell is MVP? <laughs> MBS is what I meant. Um, 59 receiving yards. So I am going to go... This one's tough because he's he's really dependent on big plays. Uh, I'm going to go the over, though, but I don't think it's by much. I think that he has a 30-yarder, and then he just has a couple, like, 8-yarders and just get, barely gets over there. So I'll go over 59. And I'm actually going to take the under. I think if we're expecting a big game for Devontae Adams, how can we expect over 72 receivers to both have over 60 yards receiving? That's going to be... That's hard enough to do as it is. And on a Thursday night game after what he did against Denver, I just don't see it carrying over. So yeah. I'm taking the under. Yeah, it makes sense for you since you have the under 252 for Rodgers and I have the over. So obviously there's plenty of yards to give there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next one, Aaron Jones. Over under 75 all-purpose yards. Not just rushing, all-purpose. And I'm going to go... I'm going to go the under here. I I think that they really try to shut down the running game. I think that Eagles are going to say, hey, we're not very good against the pass, but we know we're good against the run, so we got to make sure that we're not bad at both. Let's make sure that we're at least slowing down one type of 
uh, play call. So I'm going to go under here. And I'm going to take the over. I think he does. Um, I think he does have a good game on the ground. I think he finds enough of an advantage um, getting to the outside on a couple plays on the Eagles. And I think he does enough in the passing game as well to make a difference here. Um, If we're going off a trend so far on the year, week one, he had 39 yards. Week two, he had 116. Last week, he had 19. I mean, every other game you have a big, you know, you erupt a little bit. That's what's set for the trend here so far. I know it's week four. It's hard to find a trend there. But that's what I'm looking at right now, and I'm going to go with this. So I think he does. I think he goes over 75 total yards. I have him in fantasy, so I hope you're right. <laughs> okay, there we go. That's Thursday night. Boom. Like like we said, we both have the Packers winning this game over the Eagles. We think the Eagles' secondary is what the difference maker is for the Packers to kind of get over the hunch. Um, and there's just too many injuries on the offensive side of the ball for the Eagles, and they don't have the running back situation figured out enough to kind of put together a good game to beat the Packers' defense, which looks pretty solid and one of the best in the league, honestly. Trace, is there anything else you want to add to this game before we move on to the next one? It's crazy that we're thinking the Packers are going to start out 4-0. Not to me. I feel it's, like I've been saying it all offseason that they're a team that no one's talking about. Yeah. I just thought their schedule was hard enough that it's hard to start out the season four now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to think about all the noise that Aaron Rodgers heard too this offseason. I mean, a breaking story comes out from Bleacher Report on the eruption of him and his head, former head coach. And then his favorite coach that he wanted getting fired because McCarthy was getting jealous in a sense. I mean, you hear all this noise. You have a new head coach. You were injured. You know, you were hurt in the last game of the year last year. And you lost to the Cardinals. I mean, wait, he played that whole last game, right? We've already been over this. Correct. He had no injuries last year. Why do I keep thinking no. that he was injured? We, he was injured last year. You thought it was a different injury than Thank what it actually was. Yeah. Okay. So, dealing with injury last year, all the noise this offseason, new head coach, you're team finally went and got some guys on the defense in the in the preseason or excuse me in the offseason and it completely it completely flipped your franchise and now you're not just the Packers are not totally relying on Aaron Rodgers doing everything and he has a running back like he has a running back by committee right now and he's got a solid offensive line and he's got receivers who are no longer rookies like they were last year making silly mistakes due to experience they have that now, and now he can trust them, and they're just going to build upon that over the year. And winning fixes a lot of issues, and it covers a lot of things. So I think they just keep building upon this um, all the way into October, and that's when their schedule, I mean, really starts to get even harder, right? Because and same with the Chiefs. Like, the Chiefs play the Colts and the Packers in October. I don't remember who their other game is, but we can talk about that later. I think the Packers just keep rolling, man. So I'm, I'm sticking with them, and it's also why I had Aaron Rodgers as MVP. I mean, he starts. He needs to start putting up some higher numbers here. So I hope I'm wrong on the over under on that call. But other than that, yeah, I'm with the Packers here. Yeah, that's fair. All right, let's move on to the next one. First Sunday game, we have the Tennessee Titans coming off of a piss poor performance against my Jags versus the Falcons in Atlanta. The Falcons are four point favorites. You want me to go first? Go for it. I'm taking the Titans. They have to be pissed off on how they played last Thursday. And I watched the Falcons-Colts game, too, right before this, right before the Packers-Broncos game. And Matt Ryan does not look good, dude. He is missing throws. 
Like it's throws. He's the only throws that he are real that he's really hitting are, <clears throat> excuse me, throws that he throws up to Julio, and Julio, by the grace of God, comes down with on that last touchdown of the game for Julio. Um, but other than that, Matt Ryan is not looking good. The Tennessee Titans defense, they got to be pissed at what happened last week. I mean, Gardner Minshew, yes, props to him, but you started the year off strong and then you do that. Now you got to come back. The, well, my only concern here, though, is Matt Ryan realizing how poorly he's played and just you know, turns it up a notch and makes a difference. Devontae Freeman is another worry because he hasn't been doing that well, and this might be a game where he erupts. But other than that, the Falcons have not really done anything on the offensive side of the ball to deteriorate my thought on the Titans winning this game, and the Titans' offense has to make some noise. I think this is a big game for Mariota with the Falcons' defense injured. Yeah, I think that Matt Ryan just always plays better at home, so that's always a good thing. I also am taking the Titans, though, just so we can start off with that. Uh, Keanu Neal going out for the season with a torn Achilles is just a huge loss for that Falcons defense, and you could see it against the Colts. They are just not the just not the same team without him. Um, I thought Freeman looked great last week. He averaged 5.5 yards per carry. Had over 15 carries on the on the game, so I think that they're starting to get that running game going. But uh, I just need the t- the Falcons' pass rush needs to get to him. And again, the Jags sacked the t- Titans nine times last week. So do they fix that or do they not? This is the last game before uh, Taylor Lewan comes back. He's he was spending first four, so this is the last one that they'll have to deal with it him out but i still think that the titans are going to just be a little too much to handle there uh i'm gonna go with the titans just to cover i I could i honestly could still see the falcons winning this game but uh titans plus my or titans plus four i think that's a good number to take so let's move on to the next one patriots versus the bills this game is in buffalo and the patriots are seven point favorites and this is the one of two games where undefeated teams are playing each other. So one team will come out victorious and continue on their undefeated season. I'm actually going to take the Bills to cover. I think they have enough momentum so far into the year. I mean, the Patriots sure do as well. But I'm not sure that they've played a defense quite like the Bills right now. I mean, the Bills' defense is real. They got some pass rush, and they have a hell of a secondary. And their linebackers are pretty decent, too. And their offense, Josh Allen, is he has another year of experience. He looks primed as the, as the premier leader of that team. We saw last weekend making plays in the air and on the ground. And I think they just keep building upon this. I mean, the Bills are good, man. And I'm excited to see them make some noise in the AFC East. And this is exactly where what we've been saying all, all offseason takes fruition right here. If the Bills cover this game, if they, if they let alone win, holy shit. Trees, you and I have been on this train since we started. If they cover, we're kind of getting the, the the you know the train we're getting the train rolling a little bit on like hey, they 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 lost by less than seven. We have to take more notice here as the Patriots have blown out everybody so far this season. So I'm t- I am taking the Bills because I I believe what we've been saying and I am starting to see that team just continue to build and that fan base is excited. I know it's it is in Buffalo, correct? Yes. That's even more reason to. Those fans, that, those fans are going to be pumped. And it's going to yep. be loud. We're going to see Bill Doze all over the field. I'm excited for it. Hopefully you know what I mean by that. 
Yeah. Okay. So, yes, we've been on the Bills all offseason, right? Like, totally agree there. I felt like we were the first ones to really jump on that wagon. And, but I'm still going to take the Patriots. I think the Patriots have just looked so good this season that it's hard not to take them, even at seven points. I could see the Patriots just saying, hey, this team has life, and if we even let only win by a few points, we're going to give this team momentum, and it's going to be hard to stop them. Let's just step on their throats in September. Like, Let's make sure that they know, heading into October, who's still king of the AFC East. And so, and with how Stidham ended up throwing a pick six and then getting taken out immediately, and now they've signed a Cody Kessler to replace him already. I think that they're just going to say, we're not even fucking dealing with any backups. Brady, you're playing the entire game. Let's put up some points. So I'm going to go with the Patriots to cover here. I like it. I mean, we'll see who's right. This is our first disagreement of the day. Our next game is an AFC matchup as well. The Raiders versus the Colts, where the Colts are favored by six and a half. Therese, I'll let you start this one off. It's the Colts. Uh, I don't think this game's going to be close. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's playing amazing right now. He has two-plus touchdown passes in every single game this season. He looked great last week, even with a banged-up T.Y. Hill and and Marlon Mack. I still think this offense is just rolling right now. Uh, Hopefully they get Darius Leonard back, because if not, I could see Josh Jacobs having a pretty damn good day to keep this game close. Uh, But I believe he's on track to play when I read on Tuesday, which was yesterday for us. Uh, It sounded like they were optimistic about him playing. So I'll go with that, and I'm going to say the Colts do do cover and win by a touchdown. So I'm actually going to take the Raiders here. Um, Like I said, I went back and watched that Colts-Ravens or that Colts-Falcons game, and I just wasn't very – I mean, the the thing that I was the most impressed with was – Wow, the thing that I was the most impressed with was the running back duo for the Colts with Hines and Mack. That's deadly. I mean, that is really, really good. Both have speed on carrying the ball. Both can catch the ball out of the backfield and make a couple guys miss and they can go. And they also run hard. So if they're both doing the same thing and they're staying healthy throughout the year, the Colts are looking good. My thing with the Jacoby Brissett. He is looking good. He is throwing multiple touchdowns a game. But these are not shots down the field. They're all dink and dunk passes, kind of like what we've seen with the Patriots, you know, where they're just just kind of matriculating down the field, you know. It's nothing special, and it's not any, like, highlighting-type plays. And their touchdown passes were in, like, he, they were already within, I believe, the 15-yard, the 10-yard line. I mean, they were on the goal line ready to score, and they threw it. And one of them, they got saved on by a penalty, and he was able to hit T.Y. Hilton on the outside on the right side. Other than that, there really wasn't any, like, shots down the field, which is kind of surprising to me. And he's taken a lot of hits. It looks like their offensive line is not doing as well against the pass, but the Raiders have shown to have a pretty good run defense. So if they don't, if the Colts are unable to get that going, that's my concern for them. The Raiders' defense is also not as bad as what we've been thinking. The Raiders' offense is not as bad as what we've been thinking. They just need to get clicking. And once they find that, if Josh Jacobs doesn't go down against the Chiefs, I think that game's a different story. And if he does play this week, I'm not saying the Chiefs lose. I just think they're not 
it's not a total blowout after the second quarter because our run game was something serious. So I think the Colt or the excuse me, the Raiders will be able to just continue to build on that here two weeks later with him coming back, and they're going to be okay. I still think they lose, but I think they cover. Okay, that's that's a good take. I like it. Okay, so back to back games we disagree on there. Uh, next one, I will talk first because it's your team here. Chiefs six and a half point favorites against Detroit in Detroit. Take it away. Um, Kansas City by a mile. I think they just blow them out of the water. They're playing. This is this will be Patrick Mahomes' first regular season game or first game that's not a preseason game that's indoors. Every playoff, every regular season and playoff game that he has participated in has been an outside game. The last game that he played infield was against Atlanta in the preseason where he threw that 60 or that 59.9 yard bomb to Tyreek Hill down the field. And everyone went wild on holy shit, look at Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. They're indoors, and Patrick Mahomes has shown that coaching ability where the end of the game last week against the Ravens, that play call that they did. Patrick Mahomes wanted that. He wanted that play to happen. He wanted it to take place, and he won them the game. At the end of the second, at the towards the end of the first half, he was upset that there was 19 seconds on the clock and Andy Reid wasn't giving him a chance to score. He was upset with that. It looked like he took that game personally, and I love it. And he realizes that there's more to add on. And if you're going to play Detroit, who's a team that's undefeated against a defense that is kind of getting some confidence in them. Go take all that confidence away. Kind of like you said, the Patriots for the Bills. Show the Lions and show the rest of the NFL, like, hey, we don't care who it is. We don't care what your record is. We don't care who you are. We are the Kansas City Chiefs. We are a new team. This is a new decade. We are no longer the 2000 or early teens Chiefs where we were giving up shitty games or losing big moments and letting massive comebacks come here. We are Pat- This is the Patrick Mahomes area for Kansas City, and I just expect him to roll over the lines. Passing, running, and Frank Clark is going to have a hell of a fucking day. I'm predicting three sacks for that guy. He is going to have a heyday against the Lions, and I cannot wait to watch this game on Sunday. Well, okay then. I don't know what else to add here besides that I agree. I think that... We've already talked about this. Lions are a strange 2-0 and and 1 team. They really are good for them for doing it, but they haven't faced anything like the Chiefs, obviously. There's only one team like the Chiefs, and that's the Chiefs. Uh, and I just don't see any way that this team can slow them down, especially on the turf. I think that Hardman, Robinson, Watkins, they're all faster. You're on turf. You're going to run faster which is scary considering what they've already been doing to teams. So I will take the Chiefs as well to cover, and I will say that they cover by double digits as well. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting game. I'm pumped for it. No need to say anything else. Next game, the Chargers are favored by 15.5 in Miami. Yikes. <laughs> uh, yeah, Trees, I'm going to let you talk about that because I'm not sure where I stand yet. I, I have taken the fucking Dolphins every single week this year because <laughs> the numbers are just ginormous. Um, actually, no, that's not true. Week one, I took the Ravens and they covered it. But the last two, when it's been 21 plus against the Patriots and the Cowboys, I'm like, Dolphins are going to cover. And they just don't. 
So I'm going to take the Chargers here. The bigger question is Melvin Gordon, who's reporting to camp tomorrow. That is big time. I think that them and the Chargers probably had a conversation saying, hey, we're one and two. We need you. You show up. You do a little bit of work here, and we'll we'll take care of you. I really think there's been that sort of conversation. And I think he's ready to roll. I think he doesn't want to show up in October and the team already be out of playoff contention. I think he is saying, hey, like I'll show up a few weeks earlier to make sure that we make that playoff push. So I'm going to go with the Chargers here. And I say that they win by 21+. plus. I like your point about Melvin Gordon. I completely agree with all that. And I think I said Monday that I was not going to take the Dolphins anymore because I'm tired of getting burned on it, and I'm not going to do it. But you're going to do it. Am I about to do it? Yeah, you are. I am. I just, I don't, I mean, at some point you have to go. We can't lose by more than two scores (laughs) or three at this point. (laughs) I mean, at some point, we cannot lose by more than two touchdowns. The Dolphins have to be saying that to themselves. Oh, God, am I about to do it? Um, I am. I think the Dolphins covered. There's got to be some motivation there. Josh Rosen is getting a second start. We're seeing that connection with Preston Williams continue. Their defense is fucking awful. And Keenan Allen had a hell of a game last week, as well as Phillip Rivers. Mike Williams is stepping up, and the run game has looked good with the multiple running back. Oh, shit. What am I doing? <laughs> We're not done. We haven't moved on, so you can still take the Chargers. The moment we move on to this next game, you can't change it. I'm sticking with Miami. I just I have a gut feeling. I don't want to trust my gut, but I just have a gut feeling that I don't know. I don't know what it is. That's all I have. I just have a gut feeling, and I want to trust Miami here. This, this is my last time. This is it. No more. No more one more time. This is it. You you have a problem. You need you need you need to seek help. <laughs> What's up, Lauren? <laughs> <laughs> All right, next oh, game. Shit. Unless you got anything else you want to talk about, Miami. I mean, nope. I, I apologize if we have Miami Dolphin fans listeners, but we're just not going to talk about you this week. <laughs> so we've seen enough. We've seen enough. All right, next game. The Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Denver Broncos. I was planning on going to this game. Ended up not uh, because my wife decided, well, I know it's a better idea, us to go to Disneyland. (laughs) So that's what we're doing instead. Uh, Not this weekend, but in a couple weeks. But um, she's going to listen to this. (laughs) That's not what I said. Um, But games in Denver, Broncos are three-point favorites. How that is possible, I honestly am not sure. Like, how do you become three-point favorites? I mean, I get I get it. You're, you always get three points when you're the home team, so they're saying it's an even game. But long story short, I'm taking the Jags. I think they got some swagger going on. Uh, Ramsey will not be playing this week, so there's always that. But... I don't think that this this offense of the Broncos is any sort of threat that it makes me worried. A.J. Boye is a stud. If they need him to follow somebody, they will. Um, I think the pass rush is going to get to him. Uh, 
he's a former U. So now I'm uh, Bowles, the left tackle for the for the Broncos. Yeah. Over or under seven holding calls this week against Anishin <laughs> Gunkley, and that's a dead serious question. Over or under seven. I might take the over. That dude is struggling big time. I think that this pass rush. I think it was very bad for the rest of the NFL right now that they got nine sacks. It's kind of like 2017 when they started out the season against Houston and started the season with 10 sacks in one game. Like they get that, that team is very like up and down, like depending on how the team's going, like they, they're either the, when they're on a high, they're the best in the league. And when something goes wrong, they can kind of be head cases. That's kind of how this defense is. And right now they are, they are as high as you can be. And I think that this defense comes up with multiple stops, multiple sacks, and they just give it to Minshew and just say, hey, dude, you do your thing. And I see them getting away from the running game a little bit and saying, Minshew, this is your team. Like, you do what you need to do. Make some plays. Uh, I'm interested to see if Chris Harris Jr. follows DJ Chark or not. Uh, He's been following the number one receiver all season. I wonder if they do that or if they just say, hey, man, like just guard the slot or guard just one side of the field. Uh, it would be a mistake on their part to not follow DJ Chark because he's been the man this year. But either way, with what Conley's doing and always having that threat at Westbrook, I think that this team, I have full confidence that the Jags win this game. I completely agree. Like you said with the Broncos, they're per- primarily a run team. Um, like I said earlier in the podcast, they had 35 minutes was their time of possession against the Packers, and they still lost. The Jaguars have the best defensive line in the NFL. They have the best pass rush in the NFL. The Broncos don't have a fighting chance. Joe Flacco does not move. All you have to have is Josh Allen, Yannick Ngakwe take up. Like They don't even have to like honestly – rush at the quarterback. They just need to rush up the field and get the tackles out of the way. And then just have Clay's Campbell go, I'm going to get you, Flacco. And then he's going to just push everyone right into him. And Flacco's going to go, oh, man, look at Delaware sack. Like, that's just what's going to happen for the Broncos. And if they just keep doing this dink and dunk bullshit of running up the middle with the smallest running back in the league, he's going to get hurt like he does in Madden. Every fucking play is hurt. I don't know why he's even in the game. Um that's I'm just bringing up Madden every podcast, I guess. But uh, you have Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton. I said in this offseason that Sutton could have a breakout year. He could have Flacco would throw the ball. Like, I think he had three targets last week, and one was a little dump off, like a short route on a comeback, and then another was a missed opportunity from Flacco for a touchdown, and then at the end of the game, Flacco hit him deep. And he was pumped. Like, where was that all game against the Packers? I don't know. If you're just going to primarily run the ball, like you need to figure out when you're going to take your shots and not have just play action because of it. Like You have to throw the ball around the field and open up your run game even more. But like you said, with the amount of holding calls, maybe they're just scared to pass it because it doesn't matter if they have a big play. It's going to be Colt Beck anyways. So I don't know what the Broncos do. Minshew showed last week that he can put the ball everywhere. Um, he pretty much won the fling of the week. He had about four of them in one game. I didn't see any other ones that were as good as him. So he pretty much won that. And that's all I have to say about this game. So we'll head into our next one. Redskins versus the Giants, where the Giants are favored by two and a half at home. Treese, do you want me to keep talking, or do you want an opportunity here? 
Go for it. Keep going. All right. I'm going I'm going to take the Giants. They are coming off a game a good game last week against the Buccaneers where they come over the win and the Redskins had a shitty fucking performance. I mean, just absolutely pitiful. Case Keenan went to that game with no turnovers and he went home with five of them. Yikes. And now you're going to play the Giants who don't have a good defense and maybe the Redskins figure it out because Terry McLaurin is looking pretty damn good. And your running back by committee is a pretty good one as well with Thompson and AP. APAD. Let's go. So, my thing with the Giants here, Daniel Jones is real. Watching his game, that dude stood in the pocket all game. He got sacked five times and remained in the pocket. He, a majority of his throws, there was about to, like, he was about to be hit. He just stood there and threw the ball. And then he, he it's like he knows when to stand in the pocket and run or when to run. And that's something that, I saw with Jacoby Brissett as well. A lot of Jacoby's Brissett throws, I know I knocked him not throwing any deep shots, but it looked like every time he was about to throw the ball, he's going to get hit. So seeing that with Jacoby Brissett and Daniel Jones is a positive for me, and that's what we're going to knock Baker Mayfield for here in a little bit because, I mean, we're about to destroy his ass. I can't wait to get to that game. Just a little preview for you guys once we get there. We got, what, one, two, three, I don't know how many more games. Are we even going to get to him? When are we getting to him? Next. Oh, my God, next. Look at that. I can't even count. I looked right over it. Oh, my God. Let's get through this. Daniel Jones. Daniel Danger Zone Jones. Because Danny Dimes is a stupid fucking nickname, and the Redskins can't figure it out. I'm taking the Giants here. How about this? The Miami Dolphins will not have the number one overall pick. They are going to win a game. Or two, somehow, some way, to be the number two overall pick. And the Redskins are the number one overall pick heading into next year's draft. And who do they take? I have a wide receiver, Jerry Judy. Team him up with Terry McLaurin. What? I don't know. I don't know who else they would take. (laughs) They ain't going to take a quarterback. I know they're not. That's why I said wide receiver. Uh, before, Before you continue... Case Keenum gets two more games, and that, can, and that includes this week. He gets five weeks, and the Case Keenum special is over with. Get him out of here. Because that's, I mean, that's his thing. You play four or five weeks, and a new guy comes in and takes over the rest of the year. I put it in my article, my, re- my weekly recap article that came out today or yesterday as well. So you guys go check that out. Give it a retweet. Let me know what you think. Pretty good article. So, uh, humble brag there. Sorry. Get to any, though. I am a little worried because this is the first game without Saquon. Like, that's my only worry about this game. Damn, that's a good point. Like, that, that's it. I'm, I'm still taking the Giants, but it just that injury couldn't have happened at a worse time. Like, even if it happened this week, like, it would have been better Like to, like, go into it. I, I feel like that's a little bit more pressure and a little bit different game plan. If the Redskins were ever going to win anytime soon, I think it would be this game. But I'm still going to take the Giants. I think that Daniel Jones is living on a high right now. I think he's going to make some more plays. He did a great job of hitting his receivers, his weapons. I should what is what I should say, considering Ingram's not a wide receiver. But the defense just worries me. They've like allowed some crazy amount of receiving yards to wide receivers. It's something like not 800 receiving yards just to receivers, not counting running backs and tight ends. So the Giants. The Giants have. So I could see McLaurin having a pretty good game again, but 
I'm going to take Daniel Jones to just make enough plays to win this. I, I'm going to say Giants win by three here, and they cover. Game-winning field goal or a missed field goal from the Redskins? I'm going to say neither. I'm going to say that Redskins get the get the ball and have to drive it down and get into field goal range, and they just can't even get it into field goal range. Have to go for it on fourth and don't get it. Ooh, there we go. I like that. I like that. So, I feel like I've done a lot of talking here, and I do apologize about that. I've been doing a lot of fast talking. I don't know how much of it's made sense, but I'm just going to kind of keep rolling with it. So, here we go. (laughs) I'm not done talking because we're at this game. (laughs) The Cleveland Browns are going to face the Baltimore Ravens, who are favored by seven. I wish I had a button here that I could just smash the shit out of, like a Staples button, because I would fucking break it. The Ravens by seven, by a mile. Like the Chiefs over the Lions. Baltimore is just gonna they're gonna bend the Browns over and they're gonna spank their butt like a redheaded stepchild and they're gonna send them home. Where they're not even wanted there. And that's why I'm taking Baltimore to win this game. I'll let you talk and then I can bash the shit out of Baker Mayfield. Or do you want me to just right now? You're on a roll. Just go I'll, Just I'll go ahead. Baker Mayfield's a fucking douchebag. Okay? Whoever's listening is a fan of Baker Mayfield, hit me up. I can't wait. I cannot wait to hear you try and defend this guy who's a douchebag. The guy who has heard, who has had to earn everything acts like he's had everything handed to him and is the ultimate douche. I can't fucking stand him. I cannot stand his attitude. I don't like the way he walks. The only thing I'm impressed with is his beard, but I still can't fucking stand that. I mean... Odell Beckham Jr. left the Giants, or was traded from the Giants, where it looked like the only thing he ran was slants. Trace, am I right? The majority of the routes that he ran and caught were slants. Yes. What have we seen so far with the fucking Browns? Slants. Slant, 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 slant. About the majority of the passes that Baker Mayfield hit last week were slants. The touchdown pass that he had, a slant. To Demetrius Harris, a fucking tight end. You had to hit a slant right on to get a touchdown. I'm sick and tired of people saying Baker Mayfield is the savior of this organization. He won you a game on a Philly special. Congratulations. This dude has done nothing to prove that he is a quality quarterback. He has started 15 games, and he has 18 interceptions. His record against winning teams is 1-8. That's a franchise quarterback for you? I mean, who are you going to – what, you're going to play Miami and win? Like, look, look what he did, man. He threw all over him. You have ba- – you have – Odell Beckham Jr., you have Javaris Landry, you have Demetrius Harris, you had Njoku, who you got fucking hurt because you can't throw the ball soon enough. You have to roll that to the right. The end of the game against the the Rams, <coughs> excuse me, the, the Browns honestly had a chance that game, and Baker Mayfield lost it for him because he has to roll out to the right. Defenses have figured out Baker Mayfield, and that's what I said this offseason. I said it on Mike Duff with Matt and Mello. I said, I don't think he's a quality quarterback because when you look at his highlight tape from last year, a majority of his throws were out of the pocket and down the field. Defenses see that. They're not going to let you just roll out to the right side and just stand there like, do, 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 I can see now. Hey, Odell, look at you. Come back and catch it. No, the Rams did what they did, and every other defense in the league is going to see it, and they're not going to allow them to do it again. The dude had an opportunity to step up into the pocket like we have seen Patrick Mahomes do numerous times. The pocket closed down, you take a step up, you get on the inside of the tackle, and then you take it out. Baker Mayfield decides to take a fucking loop-de-doop, big-ass wide circle to the right, and then gets pressure and then just continues to run. Like, he just keeps running. Like, you can't catch me. 
And Aaron Donald's like, I don't give a shit if I can't catch you. You're not going to throw the ball from an extra 15 yards back that you're running. And that's exactly what happened. I am sick and tired of seeing Baker Mayfield get any praise when he has done nothing but give poor performances and this team was praised all offseason and they've not done jack shit. You can look good on paper, but if you can't do it on the field, why are we talking about you? The play calling was atrocious, but that fourth and nine play that Freddie Kitchens called for the drop the middle, I was actually a fan of that. Because that play had been working all fucking game. That's about the only play that was working for them besides a damn slant for Baker Mayfield to hit. And that's all I have to say. Thank you. All right. So, a few things. One, I think your stats right there were actually one game behind. Because he's now played another game and he threw another interception and another loss to a winning record team. So, just to point that out. Uh, so I think he's actually at 17 starts, 19 interceptions, and one and nine or one and ten against teams with winning records. Um, for me, I'm just trying to. How do I say this? So their defense is beat up. Uh, where are all those people that were talking about Denzel Ward being like a top like three DB? Because those guys are gone. I actually saw a whole bunch of tweets like. Send Denzel Ward, who can't stay on the field in a second round pick, to Jacksonville for Jalen Ramsey. Get the fuck out of here. So, um, but if we're going to talk about with Duke Baker, Johnson, what was that? With Duke Johnson, throw him in there too. Yeah, yeah throw in Duke Johnson. Just uh, love you, Doug. Uh, so it's funny because like the way he's rolling out right now, yeah, he's clearly just not feeling comfortable with these left and right tackles. Like he's just not because he's getting beat up. I think he tried to trust him week one, realized that he couldn't, so that's why he's rolling out. I, I understand that. Uh, it honestly feels a lot like what Lamar Jackson was doing last year, like wanting to get out of the pocket and make plays, and then Daniel Jones is now the one that's like staying in the pocket, like you said, stepping up, running up the middle. He had two touchdowns that way this week, and he probably— and, Baker probably could have had one on. I think it was the second down when they were in second and goal, or maybe it was third down. One in the game, but he, yeah, I mean, that last game. play, he could have stepped up into the pocket and he ran out to the right and then threw an interception. Yeah, so it's kind of funny because didn't Dan, didn't he just trash Daniel Jones for not winning games? And given it's one game, I'm not saying Daniel Jones is the savior or anything. Daniel Jones could still suck, but he looked good, right? We can only go off of the one game that he's had. Um. This is a long story for me to say I'm also going to take Baltimore uh, at plus seven or minus seven. Uh, if they win, if the Ravens even win this game, like not even by seven, they just win this. I think it's time and it's still early. We'll only be 25% done with the season, but I think it's time to for people to start apologizing to me is what I'm getting at. I think it, I think it's going to be that time for everybody that shit on me for taking the Ravens. And I'm not saying you, Austin, because um, you've already apologized. Um, okay. It, it's time for, the, like, the Ravens. Like, me saying the Ravens were going to be good and everybody shit on me, like, I think it's time for them to be like, well, you know what? His, his points were valid and they're coming true. They're coming to fruition, right? So, uh Maybe it's more hopeful wishing that the like I just want the Ravens to keep winning so I can just be right on this one because I took a lot of shit. There's a lot of random ass people call me idiot all off season. So uh, I'm gonna take the Ravens. I think that this defense just continues to slow down this Browns offense. This Browns offense has been really bad. Uh, 
with how bad the left and right tackles have been, like, why doesn't John Dorsey just, like, they, they kind of, it feels like they've been in, like, a win-now situation, even though they shouldn't be. Like, you're, you're just improving. But, like, they've made moves to make it seem like that. They should just try to trade for Trent Williams. Like, do what you need to do to get Trent Williams. I agree with that, but I'm, I mean, I can't, I'm just going to continue shitting on Baker Mayfield. Like, when you escape the pocket early, I mean, how are your tackles supposed to block, you know, going backwards and then all of a sudden you expect him to just completely backpedal and still roll out to the right with Baker like their backs are to him so the DB sees Baker escape or excuse me the defensive the edge rusher can see Baker escaping the pocket and can disengage from the block the blockers cannot see that and so with Baker just continuing to drop back and my thing with him in the pocket he's not going to stay in the pocket because he can't see like, I really just don't think he can see down the field within that with all these short routes. There's too much congestion there in the middle of the field because we don't have anyone going deep. I mean, Odell has to be getting kind of pissed. I mean, he's running the same shit that he did in New York. A slant route, you catch the ball, hope you make a move, and then you get hit by two or three guys coming in full speed. I mean, that dude got beat up against the Rams. And the Browns honestly had a fighting chance, and their defense looked okay. For a little bit. Jared Goff looked amazing, though. Whoever's been knocking him this offseason is a fucking jackass. Because that dude is looking pretty good. I know it was against a hindered secondary, but the secondary looked good enough to keep them in check. But he still found a way to get the ball down the field. Yeah. Jared Goff no is good. He, no way he regresses this year, right? Stat-wise, only up no here. Way. Yeah, no way. I don't know who. I don't know what idiot would take that bet. Yeah. But uh, idiot. So, okay, cool. Let's move on to the next guy, and that's going to be the Kyle Allen-led Panthers versus the Houston Texans. Game is in Houston. Texans are four and a half point favorites. I'm taking the Panthers. Kyle Allen changes that entire offense. Christian McCaffrey is looking great. He's just continuing to build on it. But those guys, the receivers, Moore um, and Samuel that I've been saying, you just continue preaching on that, hey, like you got to get them down the field, and Cam Newton's not doing it. Cam Newton's going to watch this job get taken from him because Kyle Allen looks pretty damn good. He's got nothing but praise from everyone that's worked with him in the past. Um, I think it was Palmer. What's his name? Carson Palmer's brother. Is it Jesse? Jesse. That works with the quarterback. So when Josh Allen and Deshaun Watson were working with him in that offseason, Kyle Allen was as well. And he told a story on the Rich Eisen show that uh, the only thing that was holding Kyle Allen back was the physical aspect, that he wasn't really – he didn't have the strongest arm, but on the mental aspect – or excuse me, he was right there on about every throw. He was there. And then on the mental aspect, he was there as well, if not ahead. And so all those guys kind of developed a friendship through that. And that's awesome for Kyle Allen because now he has an opportunity to come in here and honestly take over this team because you have speed at receiver, you have a good running back, and you have a defense that can do enough. Now, if Deshaun Watson comes out firing in this game, who knows? But Brian Burns continues on his performance and gets a couple sacks here because Deshaun Watson is still taking hits after the improvement of their offensive line. We're going to see, but I'm taking the Panthers here to cover. I also am taking the Panthers here to cover, and it's strictly because of the past defense for the Carolina Panthers. They've been 
very, very solid this year. They're only averaging giving up like 190 passing yards a game or something like that. It's they've been great. Luke Keekley is back into true form, leading the NFL in tackles. And I think that this mixture of getting the two wide receivers of Samuel and DJ Moore really involved and having Greg Olson be that almost that number three threat behind those two, and then obviously Christian McCaffrey, so I guess four. Like, it's working for him. And yeah. I'm going to say that the Panthers cover. Uh, I, I sure hope they win. It sure will help the Jags out a whole lot. But um, I'm, I'm not sure if they can win on the road, but I for sure don't see them losing by five points. I agree with you. So we'll go ahead and go into our next game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are traveling to Los Angeles to face the Rams, where they are favored by nine and a half. Um, I'm actually going to take the Bucks to cover this game. Their pass defense or their pass rush has been real. Shaq Barrett has had an impressive season. Um, the Browns were able to get pressure on Goff. They had a couple sacks in their pass defense. Um, their secondary was able to get a couple interceptions, and I think the Bucks are fine to do that. And the Bucks almost beat the Giants if it's not for a missed field goal and a silly decision from Bruce Arians to let the delay of game happen on purpose because the kicker is better from deep. That might be the silliest thing I've ever heard from a coach. I mean, just what? What do you mean your kicker is better from deep? You're an organization that has been struggling to find a kicker the last five years. Take the close shot and win the game. But that's what it is. I'm going to take the Bucks to cover. Um, nine and a half, I just feel like it's too big. I know the Rams are at home. But Jameis Winston has, I mean, he's hitting his guys. And Mike Evans had a hell of a season. And the Rams' corner, Marcus Peters is not looking good, um, is not looking as good. And I think Mike Evans is big enough and a bully enough, and Godwin's doing just enough as well to just kind of keep this team rolling. All fair. Uh, I'm not going to talk bad against Matt Gay, the Bucks kicker, because he's a former Ute. So, um you should just keep your mouth shut. But uh, nine and a half, that's a that's kind of a loud, uh, loud. that's kind of a big number. And I actually was going to take the Bucks until you took them. And now I'm like, nah, nah, let's take the Rams. Uh, Rams are going to cover this shit. Uh, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup. I think this is a Robert Woods game. I think that he finally breaks out, does, does his thing. Uh, the question is, does Todd Gurley finally get going? He may not get the yards, but I think he ends up falling into the end zone a few times this game. So I'm going to take the Rams to cover. I'm going to say that they get a solid 14-point victory. Uh, Jameis Winston still is – he looked good last week, right? But that's against the Giants. Giants are really bad defensively. So prove it against a better team before I can start really believing in you. So I will take the Rams at minus 9.5. Let's move on to the next game, which is the Seattle Seahawks on the road against the Cardinals, and the Seahawks are five-point favorites. I'm going to take the Seahawks. They lost last week um, to the Saints. I don't think they were very happy with their performance. The Cardinals are not looking very good. Their offense is struggling. No, I wouldn't say necessarily struggling. They're just they're not clicking. So I guess struggling is still the same word. We're agreeing almost too much this week, but I guess this is what happens when we talk all the damn time. Like literally all the time we t we're talking, which I, I absolutely love. Um, 
So I'm sticking with the Seahawks here in Arizona. Russell Wilson had a pretty good game last week. There wasn't anything really to be upset with. And the running game got going with Carson's, which I know you're probably going to touch up on because you are a big Carson fan. Um, I just really don't have much for the Cardinals. Like I don't have much excitement for that team. And I honestly haven't seen enough from them to have any trust for this. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We've only disagreed on four games so far because I'm also taking the Seahawks here. Um, Chris Carson, yeah, he needs to hold on to the ball. He's fumbled it multiple times. I think it's actually four games in a row, all three this year, and then I think the last game of the season last year he fumbled it, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and he he's so good. Like he He's such a strong runner. He really sets the tone for that team, but obviously you're turning the ball over. You're not going to get on the field as much. Uh, Tyler Lockett just becoming the guy that, I honestly thought he was going to be this year without, what's his name, Baldwin, without Baldwin. So uh, I think that, I mean, this past defense of the Seahawks is just not what everybody assumes it is because everybody thinks of Legion of Boom. It's just not that anymore. So I could see Kyler Murray finally breaking out of his shell a little bit here, but just not enough. I think that the Seahawks still end up winning by a touchdown here. And... That's tough for that's tough for the Cardinals. I think they're going to start out 0-3-1. Not a, not the best start for uh, Kingsbury in the Kyler Murray era. But we'll see how that goes. Next game, we have the Minnesota Vikings versus the Chicago Bears. And the Chicago Bears are at home and two-point favorites. How they are two-point favorites, I'm honestly not sure. Uh, I'm going to take the Vikings here, and I honestly don't think it's close. I think that the Vikings really hand it to the Bears here. And by hand it, I mean they win by a touchdown. <laughs> but like, it's going to be one of those games that it ends up being a one-score game at the end, but it felt just like the team just dominated that. And that happens sometimes. I mean, you probably felt like that way a little bit against Baltimore last week, right? Like you, Chiefs felt like they dominated that game, yet they only won by five. Um, I kind of see how this game that I have a feeling about this game. I just don't think that the bears can get anything going against this Vikings defense, even on the road. And man, the way that the Vikings are playing with just giving Dalvin cook the ball is awesome, right? Like he's just being the man here. And then it makes the linebackers step up a little bit more. And that's when they're going to get those passing routes to mainly uh, Thielen so far it hasn't been, really been Diggs this, this year but they might get it to Diggs this week so I'm going to take the Vikings on the road against division rival Chicago Bears so I'm actually going to take the Bears here um the Bears they played the Packers last week correct no who they play excuse me the Bears Washington. played Washington oh my last, god on Monday night yes excuse me there I literally just watched the game I don't know why I thought it was the Packers um but Mitchell Trubisky showed a little bit of promise there in spurts of the game. Yes, he was missing some throws. That's just something we're going to have to get used to. But he also hit some throws. Like the throw that he had to Gabriel on the corner, the front corner of the end zone, rolling away and getting hit, kind of opened my eyes up a little bit. Um, David Montgomery is starting to get more of a role in that offense. The Bears' defense is just continuing to build. Excuse me here. I fight through some hiccups. I don't know where the hell they're coming from. Um, but I'm sticking with the Bears. I think the like their defense, their pass rush is so serious. And Kirk Cousins, you know, like we've said with Joe Flacco, doesn't move out of the pocket. Like, he doesn't really run. I mean, he will run. Like, he understands that. 
but it's not as much to like stay in the pocket and avoiding pass rush. He's going to stand there and try and throw it, and he's going to get hit and he's going to get sacked, and I'm going to see some some penalties go on here. So that's why I think the Bears just do what they can to win this game. Um, and yes, I am going to say that they win because I mean, if you're favored by two, I mean, you lose by one. I just I don't know. I think I think they do enough to win this game. I think they get back on track. They did beat Washington. The amount of penalties for that, or the amount of turnovers for that defense, is just fantastic. Um, I think they lead the league in turnovers. Uh, if it's not them, then it's the Packers with eight. But uh, it's still one of those things where I think the Bears do enough to win, and Mitchell Trubisky is just going to keep growing, and they're going to keep you know spreading the ball around. So that's why I'm taking the Bears here. Our next game is the Cowboys favored by two and a half against the Saints in New Orleans. Um, Patrice, do you want me to go ahead and keep rolling here? Okay, so I'm not sure who I'm going to take. I do. I'm taking the Cowboys. I know the Saints beat Seattle last week, but the boys are rolling. The star on the helmet is shining bright. Zeke is there. Tony Pollard is there. Dak is looking great. Amari Cooper and Gallup are having seasoned. I mean, this team is just fucking good. Like, damn. I don't know who's going to stop. I I don't know at what point they're getting stopped in all reality because their defense is fast and strong and big and very physical. I think strong and physical could be the same word, but I used it differently twice in a different spot, so it rolls. So shut up. Um, That's all I really have for this game. I also am going to take the Cowboys here. I think that this defense of the Dallas will slow down Teddy Bridgewater just enough. And I think that Cowboys are going to get that running game going and they're going to hit a couple of play action plays over the top. Uh, Gallup is still out this week, but they do have Devin Smith, who some of you may know, former second round pick out of Ohio State, the speedster, uh, was with the Jets for a long time. Uh, I could see him having a, a deep touchdown here this week. And so I think that the Cowboys end up winning this game. I still think it's a one-score game. I think the Saints showed this weekend that they're still a solid team even without Drew Brees, and they, they're not going away without him. Uh, so that's the Sunday night game. We'll move on to Monday night game, just one that I'm just so excited for. I, I, I can't wait for it. It's going to be like the game of the year. And that's the Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Steelers are four-point favorites. I'm going to go with the Bengals. Damn it. I'm going to say the Bengals win this game. I'm going to take them. And I think that Joe Mixon finally gets going. He, he started to last week, but I think he finally has that breakout game. And I think that... Tyler Boyd starts going, and the defense just causes just enough havoc. Uh, this offensive line for the Steelers has not been very good this year, and um, I kind of think that just a couple of sacks with Rudolph holding onto the ball a little bit too long, not having that clock in his head, um, I think it finally happens this game. It didn't really happen last game against the Niners um, caught turnover-wise, but I think he, I think the turnover bug hits him. So I wanted to take Cincinnati here, and I thought I was being different. But listening to you talk kind of reminds me why I do want to take the Steelers here. <clears throat> it is a primetime game. It's going to be Mason Rudolph's first primetime game. It's the second official game starting. He's going to find a role. Um, 
Excuse me. Is Mr. Two First Names Connor James, is he out? Or James, James Connor, excuse me. James Connor is playing in healthy. Okay, so yeah, I'm taking the Steelers. The The Bengals' defense is freaking awful. There's not really, excuse me, I'm saying awful. Actually, it is. I mean, they've given up more points than I think the Dolphins have so far this year. At least at one point they did um, after the Dolphins had given up 240-plus games um, and just got destroyed. But the Bengals' offense is the only thing that scares me if John Ross and Andy Dalton get rolling again. That's about the only thing that really has me going. But the Steelers have help in their secondary with Mika Fitzpatrick now. The Steelers' defense is really not that bad. They have a pass rush. Their defense looked solid last week. Mason Rudolph just needs more experience, and I think a, a primetime game at home in Pittsburgh against the Bengals, a division rival, the lights are bright, everyone's watching. I think he shows up. I think him and Juju have a great game. I also think this is a game that James Washington finally shines. I think this is the game where he erupts and people go, Finally, like we've been, all of us have really just been talking about it and hoping for it. And I think this is where it comes to light. I can't disagree with you there, but I'm obviously I did by taking the Bengals, but like I, I liked all your reasonings. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I, I, that's one that I, I could actually, I feel like I could be wrong there. The other ones I feel confident with, but overall, I mean, that's about six games that we uh, were picking differently. On uh, for the buys, it's the Jets and the Niners. So uh, I think that's it for the buys, buys this week. We're getting to that time where we're going to start getting more and more teams. We're going to get, start getting four to six teams on buys on a few weeks. Um, other than that, though, anything else you want to talk about? Um, not really. I'm excited for week four to keep rolling, keeping us up on social. We're trying to stay active there. I think we've been kind of doing a poor job um, of it this last week. I was just hungover as I'll get out, and I just was not on there really at all. Um, but we're like, like we've been saying, like we're excited to keep doing this. This is week four. We appreciate you guys tagging along. You know, make sure to share it, write a review, five star. Make sure you're subscribed. We do appreciate that as well. But other than that, we've just been doing what we've done all off season and all year, and that's talking football.